Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Greetings, everyone. I'm Vicki Vesliga, Director of the Section of the Clinical Specialists and Scientists section here at ASHP, and thanks for joining. I'm excited to share with you that today's episode is a curated feature from the exceptional programming from the 2020 ASHP Mid-Year Clinical Meeting. Please enjoy the voices of your colleagues as they share the latest clinical information, best practices, and leadership advice at the world's largest gathering of pharmacists. So, some tips and tricks with with advocacy. One of the most important things uh, that you want to do is to be informed. If you are following a specific issue, you've got to stay up on it, right? But if it's really important to you and it's important to your patients, then it's not work, really. Make sure you're reading the healthcare news daily. Think about different podcasts or listservs or email summaries that that could push information to you uh, so you don't have to be always seeking it out. Information can come to you. Consider following a few thought leaders on Twitter. I know social media uh, can be a a bit of a a thing these days and and you may want to try to limit uh, consumption, but, you know, there are some really interesting health leaders on Twitter, really, really interesting uh, folks on med Twitter and and RX Twitter as well. So uh, take a look, think about it. And then, you know, make sure that you're targeting kind of your, your specific areas. So are you involved with direct patient care? Well, maybe you want to follow changes from the CMS, from Centers for Medicaid Services, or accrediting bodies, things like a Joint Commission or, or DNV. If you're maybe more involved in operations or administration, maybe you want to follow updates from FDA or USP, or you may want to follow all of those things. Um, but, but you know, you, can, you don't have to follow everyone all at once. Uh, you can just watch a couple of things and then add on as, as it makes sense. So the next thing to do is to participate. Local, state, national societies, boards of pharmacy, there are a lot of opportunities out there. Really, usually all you have to do is raise your hand and say yes. For committees, you know, there's a lot of consensus building that that can happen, especially even between organizations. And then legislative days are really important. Almost every state has a legislative day. And then, of course, uh, there are federal legislative days for different organizations as well. So participate. Try it out. Nothing bad will, will happen to you. You know, you're going to turn to stone if, if a, an interaction maybe doesn't go particularly well. I think it's more important to say yes and make that time to volunteer. When you join others, you really make your voice larger. You amplify your voice. And, you know, one of the most important things when, when you're volunteering and participating is if you said you'd do something, follow up and, and make sure that you uh, accomplish that thing that you promised. It can just be as simple as, you know, getting a, a, a specific regulation to, to one of the congressional staffers that, that you might be speaking with. Uh, just a little link like that can, can be very helpful. And then, you know, think about making an ongoing donation to a political action committee. That can also amplify your voice and really help you participate and and have a voice. So 
What are some ways to approach advocacy? Sometimes, so if you're involved with a professional organization, there might be an opportunity for a sign-on letter. That's something that you could certainly approach your chief pharmacy officer about or your local leadership. If your issue is kind of maybe more educating people about what pharmacists do, maybe your your representatives have no idea what a pharmacist does besides, uh, you know, count by fives and lick and stick. Um, If that's what they feel like a pharmacist does, very important. But if that's what they feel like a pharmacist does, then you have the opportunity to educate them. Have them in for an on-site visit. Make sure that they know that you're available for, for any questions. And then, you know, if if you see a proposed regulation, maybe a draft uh, out for comment, work on feedback. Uh, you can submit feedback as a private citizen, uh, but you can also uh, work with your organization to submit feedback that, that you would like to see. So you're like, well, this regulation is okay, but it could really be improved by XYZ. Or this regulation... Is, is fine, except we really need to delete some of these phrases. Otherwise, there could be unintended consequences. So again, these are uh, fairly simple ways to approach advocacy, but very, very important. And then they can be very effective. So a couple tips on making sure that you're getting the advocacy right. So make sure that you're never speaking on behalf of your organization. You should only ever be speaking uh, as a pharmacist. If, if you are told directly that, that you are speaking on behalf of your organization, go, go ahead and do that. But in most cases, uh, you, you're speaking as a private citizen. Always get permission from your public relations folks. So if uh, someone invites you to be on TV, uh, do, do a radio, print interview, get, get that permission first. Because there could be some subtle context that that you may be completely unaware of. You don't want to be caught in kind of a gotcha moment. Uh, So definitely get permission and and talk with those folks first. And then most important, uh, don't use your work email to communicate or submit advocacy letters because that can be perceived as speaking on behalf of your organization. So just, you know, use your Gmail account and and, uh, that'll be fine. So just a couple of tips uh, that can really help you. So, one of the things to make sure that you're doing uh, and that you have on hand and really those those items that, that you spent uh, a total of 10 minutes so far on, these will help you develop your pitch. It's really important to have a, a short elevator speech uh, just to have on hand, just in case. What if you have that opportunity to run into one of your representatives Um you know, uh, sitting on a plane, um, visiting your hospital? What if they turn to you and say, you know, what would you like to see or how could we be, be of help? Have a specific ask in mind with your pitch. It could be about signing on to some specific legislation. If so, make sure that you include the why. Like this legislation will help our patients and be specific. It doesn't have to be long. It, it can be a, a fairly fairly short discussion. So right now, I think it would be fun to have my colleague Jeff join, and we can kind of do an example pitch. Hey, Jeff. All right. So Good afternoon. Thank you for joining. So we're going to pretend to do a little role playing here. We're going to pretend that uh, Jeff is a congressional staff member at my local representative's office. So let's say you're in uh, Senator Mike Lee's office. Okay. And we're going to chat a little bit about 
an advocacy idea that, that I have. So thank you so much for meeting with me today. It's great to see you. Sure. Yeah. What can I help you with? So I wanted to just, I know we've talked in the past about the opioid crisis and how pharmacists can help with that, but I have something specific in mind that, that maybe your office would, would be amenable to. Sure. Well, tell me more about it. So there's some legislation that, that has been put forward called mainstreaming addiction treatment. And right now for patients to get addiction treatment, there's a really archaic bureaucracy that requires them to get additional layers of approval to be able to prescribe buprenorphine, which is a really helpful medicine uh, for patients who are, who are trying to overcome the, their opioid addiction. This legislation would, would help remove those barriers. And I was thinking that, that uh, this might be something that your office could consider signing on to. Yeah, it sounds interesting. Is there a way for me to get more information or... Absolutely. I will uh, send you a link. I've got a one page here uh, to provide you. And uh, if you have any other questions, please, please feel free to contact me. Sounds good. Thank you so much. Great. So I can't say that that was the perfect pitch, but it's, it's pretty common to have an interaction like that. In this case, I was asking about Senate legislation. And so I went to my Senator's office and then, you know, I, I was, a little bit specific about how how patients and providers could be affected by by the ask, and uh, I, I have actually made this pitch before. And in in real life, uh, Senator Lee's office, he as a member of the Tea Party, is very much wanting to have less and less and less government. And so, in this case, they did uh, say that they would consider looking into it because they they don't like that additional bureaucracy that uh, the the X waivers require providers to go through. So I haven't seen them make any moves lately out of that office, but they, they were certainly amenable to listening to it. Yeah, now we're going to um, switch roles here. So I'm going to be the one making a pitch, and then Aaron's going to be actually the member of Congress. So I'll say um, Aaron will be um, Congresswoman Sharice Davids, who does represent me in, in Kansas, and I'm going to discuss the issue of remote supervision of technicians. So... I will enter the room now. So good to see you again, Congresswoman. You too. So I'm here to talk to you about an issue that's impacting our uh, pharmacies, hospitals, pharmacies specifically in Kansas. And it's the issue of, of remote technician supervision. Um, I think it's something that would be really good for us to be able to have. Can you tell me more? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think one thing that you should know is that I've been a contributor to your congressional campaigns. So I think if you're going to listen to one of your constituents, I think I might be a good one to listen to. But yeah, this issue, really, it's the Board of Pharmacy doesn't really want to allow us to do it the way that we think that we should be able to. So I think that if you like uh, pass a law or something, I think that would really be helpful for us. I'm not hmm. sure if you would be willing to pass a law about that. Well, it's certainly uh, something to think about. So thank you for, for bringing this issue to me. Yeah. So, and again, remember the, the contribution. So that, that's definitely important. The other thing is, I don't know what's going on with these Supreme Court nominations. So did, is there anything that you think you can do about that? Um, so probably not, but uh, thank you for talking with me today and uh, we'll, we'll chat next time. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for listening.
So as you may have guessed, there were several issues with that pitch. That is um, not, Aaron said that that her pitch was not the perfect pitch. Uh, it was pretty good. I would say, I don't know if that was the worst pitch ever, but it was very bad. Definitely a lot of things that you should never, ever do. So the first and probably the simplest one is that the oversight of technicians is really at the state level. And Sharice Davids is in the United States Congress, really doesn't have a jurisdiction over state laws. There's definitely, there is some issue where federal law can supersede state law, but an issue like a pharmacy practice issue like that, that would not be the case. Um, so the state versus federal issue is definitely a concern. Another jurisdiction issue is that this is really a regulatory issue. I think that the state boards of pharmacy clearly have jurisdiction over the uh, supervision of pharmacy technicians within the state. And so going first to someone who's on the legislative side, uh, that would not be the right path forward. And then there's, I think probably people can guess what are some other things. So obviously there was some conduct that I had. So you never would bring up campaign contributions when you're meeting with a member of Congress. That's you're implying some type of quid pro quo, which is like, I'll do for you and you do for me. Uh, and that's definitely not something that's allowed. It's not legal to try to buy votes. Um, when We'll talk about this later when we talk about campaign contributions, but those are not there to buy votes. It's really to just have a larger voice in Congress, nothing to do with buying votes. So that was, that was certainly inappropriate. And then lastly, going off topic. So it, you want to make a very concise pitch when you're meeting with a member of Congress, or even if it's a staff member, they're there for a short amount of time. You, while you have their time, you want to stay focused on your issue. Sometimes you might have more than one issue, but it's usually going to be all healthcare, pharmacy-related issues that kind of go together, might have information to leave behind. So bringing up something random like the Supreme Court really has nothing to do with the meeting. And actually, the U.S. House doesn't really have any jurisdiction over the Supreme Court anyway. So definitely, that was a very bad pitch. Thanks so much for listening today. Be sure to follow us at Days HB Official wherever you listen to your podcasts. And be sure to check back soon to hear more featurettes from the 2020 ASHP Midyear Clinical Meeting. Until then, this is Vicki Vaxlega from ASHP Official, and thank you for all that you do for our patients. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.